from his studios in New York. It's time for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life. Here's your host, Dan Tortora. Here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora with Commissioner John Swafford. John, being here in Charlotte and being in a new venue, just what your takeaway was from the Marriott City Center and just the overall experience of Operation Basketball this year? Well, I think it's been terrific. First of all, it's uh, it, uh, we used this as our uh, headquarters hotel for the football championship game uh, last December, and it went yeah. very, very well. And so the hotel's not new to us, but it's new to uh, this particular event. Yeah. And uh, you know, we'll we'll wait and get the feedback from people like you and others. Uh, but I think the early returns are are very good in terms of this venue. And this one was particularly special because it's first time, the first time that we've had the ACC network yeah. uh, on air, up and running, live at this event, and uh, you know, so I think that's added to it as well. You have people like myself and so many other people covering the event, but like you said, the ACC network, you get to cover your own event, kind of call your own shot, so to speak. What's that like for you, that relationship, uh, obviously with ESPN, with the ACC network, but being able to turn on your own network with your own name and have live coverage of your own event? Uh, it's special. There's no question. It, uh, you, know, you know, it's kind of the result of a, a, a lot of things that have gone on since the early 2000s, literally, yeah. in terms of the conference expansions and uh, what we were trying to do in terms of creating uh, our conference, uh, sort of recreating it almost, uh, so that we could be competitive at the highest level and have uh, the media rights opportunities that we felt like we would need to have going forward. Yeah. So it's a culmination of, uh, of all of that. And uh, when you have something like the ACC Network that is on air 24-7 and uh, is constantly available to, to fans, yeah. uh, I think the, the branding aspects of it and the optics of it are immeasurable. And uh, we're with a terrific partner in ESPN and, and uh, it, it truly is a partnership. They're the pros and on the uh, uh, television side of it. And, and uh, you know, we provide the, the product, so to speak, and the events that, uh, that go out there in large measure. Uh, but it's a, it's a tremendous thing for our league, tangibly and intangibly. We take a look at the fact that obviously uh, it seems like every year that you get to the podium something massive is happening in the world of collegiate athletics. This time around, California passes the state bill, or the Senate bill I should say, 206, and they're looking at fair pay to play and getting athletes for their image, likeness, and name to be compensated for that, for agents to be able to be hired. Not only has California put that into existence in January 1st, 2023, but they've already signed the bill. But on top of that, you have member schools in states like Florida, New York, and Pennsylvania that are looking to pass legislation themselves, New York to be even more aggressive with their legislation. How are you handling the fair pay to play? How are you looking at it as a model knowing that it's obviously something that was looming, but now California's putting it into existence. Well, we're, you know, I think uh, from my perspective, 
taking a step back and, and uh, looking at what that would mean in a more specific way, in a more practical way, uh, is, is something that needs to take place and, and I think is taking place with the NCAA working group that uh, is, has currently been formed and, and uh, we'll be sending some uh, conceptual uh, ideas forward to the board uh, at the NCAA uh, later this month yeah. with the idea that in, in the spring uh, there may be legislation to consider within our own NCAA processes and, and we'll see what that brings. Uh, different states creating different laws in regard to this is really problematic for intercollegiate athletics. Uh, I hope that's not where we end up living because I, I think it would uh, create uh, a rather chaotic uh, sense of, of, uh, of living in, in the intercollegiate <laughs> athletic space. Yeah. Uh, whatever we have, I think we need uniformity from a national perspective, however we get there, whether it's through the NCAA processes or through a federal uh, law, or, uh, but the, the individual state laws could be just incredibly uh, problematic for college athletics. Uh, so there's a lot of work to be done there and there's a lot more questions than there are answers at this given point in time. And it's complicated. It's, uh, yeah. yeah, I think the only people who really see it simplistically are the people who say, well, just, you know, just pay the players. and turn it into an employee-employer relationship, and then that, that changes a whole lot more than just that Yeah. Uh, in terms of what intercollegiate athletics is in this country. Uh, so, I, you know, I think we, we need to be, uh, uh, have our eyes wide open. I, I think we need to uh, not stick our heads in the sand, but take a look at this uh, systemically and see is, is there a way where parts of of this can work in a uh, educationally based system that we currently have uh, and model that we currently have that that benefits our athletes without taking us down that slippery slope of, of uh, professionalism and pay for play at the at the extreme yeah for you, uh, and you and I have spoken about this within the last couple of years, you're part of the autonomous group with the Pac-12. Obviously, the ACC is in there with the Pac-12, the Big Ten, the Big 12, and the SEC. With that and the fair pay-to-play coming up and California doing it a state's way right now, and you saying that there's a slippery slope, which I agree with, and then you having autonomy within the NCAA, is there a thought that as things continue to get maybe muddied or convoluted that the Autonomous Five could just say, we're gonna start our own separate from the NCAA, we're going to govern ourselves and, and maybe look at a model in that respect where you can come together as a group of commissioners and maybe decide how to handle these things? Well, I, I don't think we're anywhere near that point at, at, at this point in time. Uh, could it ultimately get to that? I suppose so. Uh, but I don't think that's where we are at this point in time. I, I think we need to see this through further and, and see uh, what can come out of the discussions and the working group. Uh, and, uh, but, you know, there's more of a sense of urgency with this now than there ever has been. Yeah. And that's not all bad. 
for you to, to get back to this and back to the state of, of North Carolina, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you this. Mac Brown returns. Obviously, that gives a lot to North Carolina, to Chapel Hill, and he starts winning, and he pushes Clemson to the brink. Just what you can say about what the return of a personality like Mac Brown means and the fact that he's already been successful and obviously already started rejuvenating North Carolina. Well, he, you know, one of the things I've, I've seen over and over again from a commissioner's chair, and I, I saw it as an athletic director too, uh, quality coaching and leadership uh, makes a huge difference. Uh, and uh, you always want your schools hiring the best coaches, making really good decisions, because when, 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 they're, when they aren't good decisions, uh, you, it takes a while to get out, back out from under it. And Mac is a proven entity. Uh, you know, he's in the College Football Hall of Fame. Uh, you don't, you know, have too many coaches that come into your league already in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I mean, we've uh, uh, we've got some that will be, but aren't there yet. And we have some basketball coaches, obviously, that that are uh, and have been. Uh, but you don't have, you know, you. You just don't. There aren't a lot of active Hall of Fame coaches out there. Yeah. And uh, in fact, I, Mac may be the only one uh, right now. I, I, I could be corrected on that, but I think he's the only one right now. So, anytime you have a, uh, a Hall of Fame coach walk back into your league, it's a it's a good thing. And obviously, I know Mac well because I hired him when I was the AD at North Carolina the first time he was at Carolina, and he, he did a tremendous job then. Yeah, and uh, he represents, uh, as a lot of our coaches do, uh, all that's good in in college athletics. And uh, he's a player's coach, and he's already making an impact there, and thus he's making an impact on our league. And to flip back to basketball, you had the opportunity to be in D.C. and to be in New York and Brooklyn. And you and I had spoken about uh, what could the future bring and the future sites and whatnot. What are you excited about with the fact that the ACC men's basketball tournament is not dedicated just to one place anymore, that it can bounce around and you've essentially built relationships in very big parts of our country? Well, I think it shows that the league and, 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 and through the tournament, the league is embracing uh, our entire footprint. And that's important with a 15-member league uh, because our schools now have different, you know, some different histories in different parts of the country. Yeah. And uh, I think the rotation that we've had in recent years and probably will have in future years or at least something very similar to what we've had uh, has really served the conference extraordinarily well. And we're blessed because we, we have a tournament that has uh, tremendous history and tradition, and our tournament is successful wherever we take it. it, it you know, it hadn't been unsuccessful in, yeah. in forever, uh, but it's different at each place, and, it, and that's a good thing, I think, because uh, every part of our footprint has uh, a little different, little, something a little different to offer. And uh, it's a premier event without question, and, and uh, each part of our footprint uh, should have the opportunity to, uh, to host the event. So we're, we really, I was extremely pleased with Brooklyn, I was extremely pleased with Washington. We were back here in Charlotte this past year, and it went extraordinarily well, and then we'll be in Greensboro this year.
for the first time in, in a while, but the ACC tournament has been held in Greensboro more times than anywhere else. So yeah. Greensboro is different. It's not an NBA facility. It's uh, a, a different facility than uh, Brooklyn or Washington or, or Charlotte, for that matter. And uh, but it's it's a it's a different experience there. But I, I think a neat experience that uh, uh, serves a purpose. And and so I think we're in the midst of a good rotation. My final question for you. Uh, I always ask you kind of from your chair, what you've seen, and, and over the years, uh, recent years, you've had realignment, the fair pay to play and everything that's gone on, and, and obviously schools going through uh, different infractions. From your seat, what have you learned? How, you know, what keeps you getting up in the morning and going to it? Because the challenges continue to arise, especially with collegiate athletics now, and just what kind of drives you and maybe what you've learned from your seat. I think a passion for for uh, for college athletics and what it can mean to young people and what it means to the culture of our country, the fans, and uh, the, I'm a big believer in the time uh, to education, higher education. We have a a, a system in our country uh, in intercollegiate athletics that doesn't exist anywhere else in the world, and uh, I, I think it's special. I think it's meaningful. To those who participate, as well as those who who watch it and, and love it, and that I have a great deal of passion and belief in it, and that's what keeps me uh, keeps me going every day. Well, thank you as always. I appreciate it. Good to be with you.